0: to Grad Chat, your opportunity to find out about graduate and postdoctoral research here at Queen's. My name is de DJ Bear, and I'm your host for this week's Grad Chat. Of course, a show like this could not happen without the support of the School of Graduate Studies and Postdoctoral Affairs and CFRC, so thank you very much to both of them. Now, if you miss the show at any time, you can download the podcast the next day via Google, Apple, and CFRC Podcasts or Spotify, so no excuse not to find out what our awesome students and postdoctoral fellows are doing. Today though, I would like to introduce you to Colette Steer, also known as DJ the DJ, Woo-hoo. who's the manager of the Graduate Experience at the School of Graduate Studies and Postdoctoral Affairs here at Queen's. Welcome to your show, CJ the DJ.
1: Thank you so much for having me on my show. I really appreciate that. Thank
0: you <laughs> for I coming. Know,
1: I know it's not easy sometimes when we switch things around. So I'm, I'm loving this, being on the other end. Although maybe I won't later because it, there's going to be some payback,
0: I'm sure. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, it's great to, to have you have this experience and sit with us. Once a year to talk about the highlights of the year. and you know, every time you tell the grad students, it's okay, it's just a conversation. It's fun. So now you know, I think it's fun for you to do it too.
1: <laughs> it, is, it is fun for me to do it, although I, I suddenly realize it can be a little scary, but you uh, know it will we, we'll be good. I think it's going to be a fun fun session.
0: Yes. Well, welcome back first of all, and happy holidays.
1: Thank you. I really appreciate that. Yes, it was. it's lovely to go home and see the family. Uh, I'm a, a big proponent of everyone having time with family and friends. So uh, I just got it a yes. little earlier this year. Got my holidays in.
0: Yes. And, you know, I think that this is something that international students can relate to. Since you've been living here in Canada for a couple of years now, and there's times when you go back home and you spend time with the family, and there are other times when you're here in Kingston, during yes. the holiday season. Can you tell us a little bit of how, over the years, you coped with being far away? Do you have any tips for students who can't go home this year and have to... That,
1: that's that's a good question, Suyin. You know, I've been here in Canada now for 17 years, and I have to remind myself all the time, because I am a family person. Of course, all my family either lives in Australia, New Zealand, or Great Britain. So I have to remind myself I'm no more than one day away now it might be a long plane ride but it is you know it's only 19 hours so it's under a day and in a day I can always get home which is which is nice and I think one of the beauties of technology these days is that if need be I can always go on FaceTime or one of those sorts of software groups where I can still connect as long as I've got my nieces on the other end showing mum and dad how to press the on button so we can see each other I think that is, is really good. But I do suggest for international students, um, I mean, I of course, I speak English, so I don't have to worry about the language problem or didn't have to worry about the language problem. But I can only imagine how much more difficult it is if one, you having to worry about speaking in a second language and two, not having your usual support system around you can be quite daunting, particularly in the beginning. So as international students, and even domestic students, to be perfectly honest, when you're away from your normal environment or normal support system, that's when you've really got to reach out and make new connections, which can be difficult if you're a shy person, but it's really important to do that early in your development or during your early stages of your degree, because... In the beginning, it's a lot of coursework usually in grad studies. But then after right. that, if you're into the research area, that's when things can get even lonelier. Even in the STEM disciplines where they may be in a lab, you may only get to meet your lab, and sometimes you don't see them much at all, depending on what roster you're on, if you have to be in a lab at a certain time. And it's, you know, as you're going through, that's when you're going to need more support. We've known, for instance, with our writing camps, that feeling of I'm not in this alone can make so many changes in that student's life, realising, you know, there are other people like me going through this. And hey, yeah. hey, what, here's some new people I've got to meet, got to understand understand me where I'm at, have helped me, I've hopefully helped them. And that creates a much better community going through. So you may not have your mom and dad or your family or good friends from home nearby, but this is the time to make new connections Yes, and really ensure that, you know, there's at least one person you can turn to if you need a shoulder from time to time.
0: And, you know, that is exactly what I was thinking of when you were discussing this building community and the writing camps. That's the first thing that popped into my head because, especially for our new students coming in in January, we're going to have a new batch of students and a lot of them are international students as well. So my, the writing camps was one of them. And I'm curious because I attend these camps a lot, (laughs) (laughs) a lot, a lot. It's a very special time for our writing. And that's one of the elements of it, time for your writing, but also time to just have conversations with, with other students and and to relate and i think there's something very magical about these camps and i was wondering from your perspective because you see this happen every year there's always some some students come back a lot like me but there's others there's always a new group of students coming in uh, for these writing camps and you have dissertation in the lake dissertation boot camp you have pa days writing camps as well so could you tell me from your perspective, what, do you, what is it about these writing camps that brings students together in this way?
1: Well, I think students are either looking to create community or find community and knowing right. that these camps are definite days where people go, I'm going to come here and write.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So they want that community of writers so that there's not that feeling of being alone in the writing process so that's one side of it another side of it is that with these camps we are saying you need to put some time aside for your writing you know this is your time your week or four days or five days whatever it is where you have to be totally selfish and saying I'm doing this for me because I need to get on with my writing so there's a couple of reasons why people might join it they're getting to that point where I've got to i've got to find time to write i've got to find time to write well you know what we we're, we're giving you this opportunity to find time to write and to be able to say to everyone don't book me for anything else i'm being selfish this week this is all about me and my writing because i need to progress and then of course the bigger part of it which we've which we found it um, actually it's quite interesting in november i was at a conference a national conference for our graduate and, Postdoctoral Development Network, t- talking about our writing camps and how th- the other part of a writing camp is this sense of community that gets built along the way and how important that is to the students. You know, and This is it's not why we went into doing the camps. We went into doing these writing camps to say, let us help you write. Let's get you a distraction free environments where all you have to worry about is your writing. The course the sleepaway camps you have the opportunity for chatting over meals and recreation and stuff like that so all that really really helps but then the the other thing that we saw at, that came out of this was the connections that the students made and like i said one is because they suddenly realized they're not alone in this other people going through the same thing finding it difficult puts time aside finding it difficult to actually put pen to paper but then they're also meeting people across disciplines. They're hearing different ways of research. They're hearing different views on maybe their own research when they're talking about it. Because it's very easy to keep going in one direction because that's what your program says. Sometimes you need to hear views and opinions from outside of your, your work to sort of help make your research more robust and more open to other groups of people sometimes and so all these areas are really quite handy but it's that community part that i wasn't expecting and seeing it now i just love it you know you have people coming into camp and they're quite shy by the end of the camp they're chatting making their own little groups for after camp keep themselves on track and just having that talk about support system having that support system and that is crucial um, in doing graduate studies is to have that support system and have a community that you feel comfortable in. I think that was a long way around of answering your question. <laughs> <That was great. laughs> I keep going off on tangents. I did this, you know, this, this.
0: I think it's great because, you know, you have the, there's always this question, especially and, and we discuss it a lot, but it's a reality so I'm, I apologize if I sound like a broken record when it comes to this, but it's always a, why should I make the time yes. to, to, to do this? Why should I make the time to attend these activities? We, the schedule is already loaded. There's already so many things going on in your own department. Yep. There's already going things in different groups and associations. and
1: Being a TA, being an RA, all those
0: things come into play. Exactly. And then on top of that, you know you create this habit of the way that you work right and it can be very solitary you're you're always either at the library or at home if you're lucky you get an office you go to to the um these public spaces or an office a coffee shop and things like that and the question is always do i need to do this should i do this i mean i'm just i'm i'm home i'm already comfortable my stuff is here should i take the time you know to go to campus do I want to have these conversations? You know, sometimes you feel really, it's a very lonely process and you think that it's its just you and you get into this headspace where it cannot be, it has to be you. Nobody else could possibly be going through the same thing. Right. And I think that when we discuss this and we remind or tell these stories about what these camps are like and why students enjoy them, I think it's helpful to other students to maybe give it a try next term they happen every term
1: they do and I think part of that is you know sometimes as you said some people already got their own habit the question is how much are they writing during that habit and we know anecdotally and sometimes from you know the feedback surveys we do after when we ask we don't say how many pages have you written or how many lines because you know to be honest That's not a good metric. What we do ask is, have you progressed during this week? So Basically, yes or no. And secondly, have you able to do more this week than you would normally do if you weren't part of the camp? And it's usually a resounding, yes, we have. We've done more in this week than we've probably done in a month or two months. And so people might be finding some time to do their writing. But the question is, how productive is it? And I've used an example before where I knew one student was going to the library nine to five every single day, Monday to Friday. And I asked, how productive are you in that that period of time each day? Oh, I'll probably write two, for two hours. I said, well, what are you doing for the rest of the time? Trying to figure it out. I said, wouldn't you be better off Going and doing something else, and then just sit down for two hours to write, as opposed to sit down all day. Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't as productive. So try next time, maybe just taking the morning in the library That's and see great. how you get. So an hour to get yourself prepped of what how you want to talk next, and then do two hours of writing, and then go off and do something else because there's other. I'm sure there's other things you need to do. I mm-hmm. asked them later, how did you do? They go, I was just as productive in that morning session as I was sitting there all day. Right at camp. The other part about the camp is the second part of that is finding what time of day works best for you. Am I a morning writer or an afternoon writing or an evening writer? And then am I better doing this with other people around me? Because that gives me something to a bit more accountability, having other people around me as well and knowing that they're in a similar position.
0: That's very true. Absolutely. Thank you very much for that. No wonder why you got the Distinguished Service Award this year. Uh (laughs) I needed to bring it in. Congratulations. (laughs) And for those of you who don't know, the Queen's Distinguished Service Award, inaugurated by the University Council in 1974, recognizes individuals who have made the university a better place through their extraordinary contributions. And this year, our dear CJ, the DJ, was the receiver of this awesome award. Congratulations. Thank you. Very well Very deserved. Well. How oh, did really you feel? It. How did you get the news, actually? I'm curious. About
1: well, I was actually in Halifax at the time, walking Ooh. along the boardwalk in Halifax because I was there for a friend's wedding. And I got a phone call just outside one of the shops. And when I, the secretary had advised me, I went, oh, isn't this for, like, senior leadership and faculty and stuff? <laughs> <laughs> and they go, no, Colette, it's for anyone in, in the Queen's community. And so it was quite extraordinary and I'm extremely honored, flattered, embarrassed, you name it, all these sorts of things. i think, like, oh, well, why me and, and not someone else? And da, 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 da. anyway, it, people kept telling me, accept it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I did, and I'm extremely chuffed.
0: Well, I mean, just our discussion previously shows really how engaged and how Devoted you are to 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 the wonderful things that you do for graduate students, and I mean I am really lucky to be able to work together with you and have these conversations with you. So congratulations and thank you. Thank you for everything it's you do. Much,
1: and a thank you for your support, Len. And you kept that very quiet. Oh. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it was not until I read it after. I'm like, oh hello, that's one from Suyin.
0: So you get to read your Yeah. I did oh, after that's yeah, lovely. I'll them
1: after, which was nice.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Well, congratulations again. Thank you. So let's keep telling our dear oh, students well. what happened this year.
1: Well, I think, you know, we were talking about the riding camps and the community. And, you know, one of the ones camps that I love is the Lake Shift, which is where we are bring students from other university, Interior Universities, to that camp. And, yes. you No. Know, they're, they're always a fascinating group because you never know how they're going to get on with each other. That's right. But, but luckily it's never been an issue. But from it, you know, you talk about, you know, making those communities. Even with that, when they're from different universities, they're still catching up with each other. And oh, I yeah. remember doing an interview with Yvonne Ronstantler from Wilfrid Laurier um, yes. after the camp. And... The main thing was to talk about her research and things, but also finding out that you know there was the the group was still catching up online and uh, chatting and doing presentations to each other to help each other along the way That's, that, so that created a new support system not just within the university but across universities, which was lovely to see, and you know they 're the kind of uh, things I love to hear from us, from the students who are involved in our writing camps.
0: Yes, that's absolutely true. I remember she was one of the earlier graduates mm-hmm. this season. And how, how did that come to be? Is she, I, I believe, have you done these interviews before with students who are not at Queen's oh, but have okay. been to Lake Shift?
1: Yes, the very first year, the Lake Shift okay. we did. And I actually recorded it at the Lake Shift itself and um, and that was great to to hear and in fact i think that it was that year too that we also did put a video and what have you together to show what the lake shift was all about but uh, this one with yvonne you know this is where it's nice where queens at times can help not just our own students but other students in canada so here is a, a writing camp that we opened up to other universities other phd students which was nice but then there was also the opportunity after talking to them about, you know, you know you need to get your work out there. More people need to hear about it, et cetera. And I gave the example of Grad Chat, which was for our our students and postdocs to be able to showcase their work to a broader audience. And I remember Yvonne saying, oh, you know, I'd love to come on that, Collette. Do you talk to people from other universities? And I said, I'd be happy to talk to you. And so that's how that came about, and because it's a good learning experience for our students. And, you know, there is some amazing research across Canada going on from our grad students and postdocs. And we should be very proud of that. But we can't be proud if we can't hear, hear what they're doing. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so that's why Yvonne decided to come on and, and actually bought one of her undergrads, I into know the, into the show as well and that was brilliant to see how they're doing it at their university mm-hmm. um, and I think it dare I say a nice gesture on behalf of Queen's that we allow opportunities for other students outside of Queen's to also have the benefits of some of the opportunities that we get here I mean CFRC has been brilliant for us yes we couldn't thank absolutely. them enough
0: and i think it speaks of that goal that commitment to have this this outreach of and this collaboration across yes. disciplines and now with other universities because that exchange of ideas is very very helpful and i think that there was a discussion of this throughout the year in this in this grad chats is that that opportunity so a lot of the students went abroad to collaborate with other uh, universities as well, so collaboration and discussions with other graduate students and other researchers is it's key in what we do here at the School of Graduate Studies and Postdoctoral yes. Affairs. Um,
1: and I think that's where you know grad studies is a little different to undergrad. You yeah. Know, do we compete against each other to get students to come to our own universities? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, once you're here, it's, you know, what can we do to make your experience a better one? And if mm-hmm. that means reaching out to other universities or sharing ideas across universities, I mentioned the Graduate and Postdoctoral Development Network, it's all about... What, what each universities across Canada are doing in terms of career development for their grad students or professional development or academic development are the things that someone in Alberta is doing that perhaps we could use here at Queen's but, you know, tweak it to suit our needs. Same with McGill and UBC and all those other universities. It's, it's all about sharing once you're in here. And,
0: yes.
1: you know, research and, like you say collaboration, it's super, super important. So why shouldn't it be important for professional development as well?
0: Exactly. You're right. It's, it is important. So we have a lot of our programs that are designed for this professional life and building that component of it. And also your research life and connections and collaborations. Yep. Do you have any... Well, wait, Give me one second... Who we wanted to go next. Uh, oh, But there's also collaborations with the arts, for example, right? We have Mickey Renders. Ah, uh, yes, who, yes. In collaboration with the Agnes.
1: With the Agnes. Right. And also, of course, with her research, which was up in, in North, northern Canada. Yes. Inuit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's lots of collaborations we, we can do with research yeah. and I think we shouldn't forget that and, yes. and I think the other part of collaboration in research now it's not just as we thought of it before there's different mm-hmm. ways of doing research now which is nice it's, you know doing a thesis isn't just a 500 page book yeah um, it's it's more than that these days, it can be film, it can be an art installation, it can be photography, it can be video, it can be different chapters mean different things but then they can be pulled apart for different journals and yes. and, and I think that makes it fascinating and then of course, you know, if we're working with Indigenous communities, we have to look at uh, the research in a, in a different way to what we would do from a Western society, um, Mm -hmm. naturally so, and so that brings in another element again, uh, which is really important. And of course, Mickey Renders, as you said, I mean, she was working with Inuit communities up at um, Eastern Baffin Island, but also, you know, so there was the, the Indigenous research ethics to look at, but then there was the art installation, which is great with the Agnes. In fact, although the exhibition was down at the Isabel, um, and, you know, putting all that together, that sort of collaboration, it's not easy, but it's fascinating when it's done.
0: Yes. It must be so much fun to be on your side of things when you're having these interviews and, have, and learning and going to this, seeing both sides of it, because you are mostly in the yeah. administration side of things, Right. Yeah. And then they get to talk to a general audience, and you help them get to that point where they can share their research in a very fun and comfortable way. But what is it like for you? Oh, I love it
1: I love it I mean the other day or it was in November again, I did a presentation for our chemistry department talking about oh. how how to get your work out there. Your research out there, and what little nuggets you need to have at the back of your mind all the time when someone asks you, So, what do you do? without scaring the person who's receiving your answer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right.
1: Because I you know if, if you start talking about using all the, the jargon from your particular field of study and, and talking as if you're at a conference in your discipline, that's only probably about 5% of people in the world. And the majority of people that you're going to be talking to are the other 95% who aren't Mm -hmm. in your field. And so those words don't mean anything to them. So the presentation was all about how do you answer that if you were talking to a kid or how do you answer that if you're talking to a family member? How do you answer that if you're talking to the media? Mm-hmm. or a local community group and things. So getting, getting them to think outside the box of, yes. okay, I can't do that. And I know there was a classic example, one of our students who was doing in computing and was working on one little tiny part with, inside a robot. And for most of us, it didn't really mean much. So I said, well, how how would you explain what you do to a kid without putting them off? And she goes, and she thought about it. And she goes, "I work with robots," and that's all she needed to say because that would have piqued the kids' interest. Yeah, and that would have piqued the kids' interest. Now, if she'd gone to I look at work at little circuits and da 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 da. That would have gone totally over the head. But having said, I work with robots. If that was a kid, they'd probably go, "Oh, wow! What kind of robots?" And then she could have talked about were well, robots that do this kind of thing. There's a lot more detail to that, but basically what we're trying to do is this, get the robot to do such and such. And knowing what level of detail needs to be said is not easy, but it Mm -hmm. will depend on your audience. You have to think about the audience. How much do they need to know? Do they need to know the nitty gritty? Half the time, no. They need to know big picture. They need to understand the fundamentals of what you're trying to do but it's really big picture. How's it going to affect them? How's it going to affect the environment? How's it going to do this? And how's it going to do that? And that's why some of these things are really, really important. And when I hear with Grad Chat, for instance, when they realize they're not talking to someone in their field and they're having to change it, and I can see that from what they've written, first of all, in their little synopsis to help me, to then how they start to explain, Okay, yeah, you've got it. And that is exciting. That's really exciting. And that gives me lots of information, too, that I could use. Yeah. And to pretend that I'm super intelligent.
0: Oh, well, you are. (laughs) (laughs) But I get what you mean. Because I go, oh, I know this. I know that there is a way to use VR, you know, to design chemistry education. There's a student doing this. Like so Lord
1: exactly and there's those little nuggets for myself which are fabulous Mm -hmm. as long as they don't ask me the next follow-up question i'm okay but (laughs) yeah at least the students who who get it gave it initially they would know the follow-up answers if they got asked more and if someone asked another question they've got them interested and that's the start
0: of it it's for me i think they have a, a really great advantage now when we get together for this event or for the writing camps because if i recognize the name i go oh i listened to your Gratchat before exactly. I know <laughs> and then stare at me like that's creepy i go no no it's not creepy know. at all i i help with the edit so i know what you <laughs> and <laughs> i've heard an extra, that's
1: right. but see that's nice and then even for yeah. you doing the editing helping me with the editing yes, now exactly. you can say hi to people who maybe you wouldn't have gone up and said hi to and you're right yeah. it was it was an icebreaker hey yeah I listened to your grad chat actually I helped edit it da, 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 da. and you've already got a ready-made conversation and and broken it down so the student isn't feeling as nervous
0: absolutely and you know what this is a great preview from next week because unfortunately um, we're out of time so I think this is a great way to end right now and yeah. continue the conversation next week what do you think?
1: Oh, that would be awesome, because I'm really looking forward to uh, next term, because we've got a lot of good things coming up.
0: Awesome. So any well wishes for the new year for our listeners? Well,
1: yeah, actually, yeah, course, I forgot it's Boxing Day today. Yes, of course. So first of all, and I should have said this at the beginning, I hope you all had, for those of you who are Christian, of course, who had a good uh, Christmas day yesterday, And for those who aren't Christian, who are having nice times, hopefully with family and friends, if if that was possible for you. And, of course, yes, the new year is coming up. 2024, scary, just around the corner. can't believe how fast this year has gone. But uh, I I do wish you all the very best in the new year. Um, I'm not going to do one of those, what do they call, New Year's resolutions because I always break them. Yeah, me too. (laughs) But hopefully I can at least start off the the new year with uh, being with family and friends and enjoying that and looking forward to meeting the the new group of students who are arriving in January to start their graduate journey here at Queen's. So uh, have a good one, everyone.
0: Yes, happy new year, everyone. And CJ the DJ, thank you so much for joining us today. And we're looking forward to chatting with you again next week. Thank and we'll be introducing the new season of Grad Chat. Yeah. So everyone take care. Have a happy, happy remaining week of your holidays. <laughs> next,
1: next year is going to be our ninth year of Grad Chat.
0: Woo! How to have like a special celebration. Exactly. Nine years. Awesome. Well,
1: you have you have good New Year's too, Suyin. And thank you very much for playing host today.
0: Oh, you're welcome. Always a pleasure. So that's it, everyone. Another week of Grachat suddenly comes to an end. Don't forget, you can download the episode tomorrow on Google Podcast, Spotify, C- and CFRC Podcast. Just type in Grachat. Until next week, this is Sujin the DJ Bear and CJ the DJ signing up with a big hooray. Hooray.